Hey. Hey. We are we are back. It's two writers. Talking shit. We have some amazing guests today. One of our guests has just revealed that this is her first podcast appearance ever. I love it. We're here to make it as comfortable as and enjoyable possible. as possible for you. So far, so um, good. Please welcome our guests. Um, they are from the elite management company, The Cartel. Nice. Uh, we have the aforementioned Audrey Knox, and we also have Corey Trent Ackerman. Yes. They do happen to be my managers, which is how we've convinced them to come here today. Oh, you didn't just show up? No. Because <laughs> of how popular our podcast is? Well, just wait. Okay. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. Um, now, Corey, have you done a podcast before? I have not. This is also my first podcast. I'm very happy to be wow. here. This is going to be a wonderful 40 minutes. You're going you're gonna to love every minute of this. <laughs> Exclusive, yes. never before heard yes. interviews. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, so, so since you're meeting Saeed for the first time, uh, Saeed is obviously, he is a writer on the rise. He is uh, the mayor of Twitter. Some might say the president of Twitter. Wow. He uh, recently signed a development deal at Sony. Um, it's a small little shop in Culver City, heard which you may or may not have heard of. A couple independent movies. Yeah. <laughs> and we're having podcasts and now you're on it. Awesome. Love it. Okay. Now, Corey, let's just talk about the fact that you go by three names. Please. I feel like it is an interesting choice. In my experience, the only people who go by three names are either New York playwrights mm. or um, 90s R&B singers. Yes. I am neither, so you should probably <laughs> add a third car- category. I don't know what. And Corey. Yes, and me. <laughs> I'm the third category. Was there already a Corey Ackerman, and so then you wanted to? There actually was a Corey Ackerman where I grew up. Nice. Um, that was around my age, but that is not why I took the Trent. The Trent is it's just a. Uh, um, my mother, when when she chose my name, had had this premonition that I would one day be famous, and yes. that my, I would drop the Ackerman, and my name would become Corey Trent. Oh, and because I ended up in the biz, just sort of as like an homage to that little anecdote, I thought I'd take the Trent back, but keep the Ackerman. And now I have three names. Now, Corey, you're, you're, the way that you're speaking about your mother naming you, it sort of suggests that perhaps at one point you were going to be in front of the camera. Um, I was quite the actor as a child growing up. Oh my God. What were your favorite roles, Corey? Um, Probably Paddington Bear in the third grade. Oh, classic. Yes. Classic. Um, also, Bernardo in West Side Story. Fire. Uh, was oh. was quite a, a calling card for me. I, I I had a great time doing that one, for sure. So you you also sing and dance, is what you're uh, saying? I, I, I formerly, yes. <laughs> Multi-hyphenate Corey not, Trent not, Ackerman. Not professionally trained, <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, took me through probably my high school years. And then wow. I, gave, I gave it up, yeah. Now, okay, now, so how did you pivot from saying, it's me, Corey Trent, look at me. To right. it's it's not me, Corey Trent. <laughs> right. Okay. You know what? What I'm trying to say is, how, so how did you pivot from from being the one who's like on stage to to sort of representing people who perhaps not right for the stage? Well, but that's for the a long story, Melanie. I know that you said that we only have 40 minutes, <laughs> but um, give us the condensed version. The, yeah. The yeah. One yeah. Minute I pitch. mean, it, yeah. I mean. I, I think that I, I probably that interest is what got me into uh, entertainment and the arts in general. Now tell us where you grew up. Well, I grew up in New York. Where in New York? What neighborhood? In a small town called Forest Hills, Queens. Nice. Okay. And uh, so Queens get the I'm, money. I'm, I'm a Queens boy. <laughs> um, went to high school in Jamaica, Queens, uh, and uh, and went up to Syracuse. I went to Jamaica, Jamaica, in the country. I, I, I went. Well. I, I went to well. um, Hedonism Three. I don't want to talk about it. Go on. Um, you did not actually go to Hebrew. <laughs> I absolutely did. Because I absolutely one of my did. great memories of going to Jamaica was all of the people in the airport who were either going to or coming from hedonism and how kind of scary that was for me. But <laughs> she was scary there. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah, so I went to Syracuse, the Newhouse School That's at nice. Syracuse University. It was kind of a good program for media and stuff like that. Did you um, study journalism? Because our last guest. Was, was also a journalism, journalism student. That got her into screenwriting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did not. I did not. It was a TV, radio, and film program, which had very little to do with our business. It was totally like right. learning about ratings and like radio spots. It That's had crazy. very little to do with how the business actually works. I think they've kind of updated their curriculum since then, <laughs> I hope. Um, but uh, I knew that I wanted to get in entertainment in some 
way, shape, or form. I did an internship at a record label at EMI Records in New York. That's fire. Um, which was a lot of fun. Got a lot of free CDs. Those were like these old yeah. school um, recording devices. I, I worked at a record store for 20 years, so we're in the same. Oh, you did? Two yeah. Zero? 20 years. I did my time at Record Town yeah. in, the, in the Fayetteville Mall in Syracuse. Nice. But, um, so, so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, but. So then I, I ended up pivoting from music to, to film, but my internship like proved valuable because the guy that I worked for hooked me up with his brother in LA and they needed an assistant. And the rest is history. I mean, I did do like 10 years in development before I became a manager. Tight. Where were you doing development? Um, so I had a couple of assistant jobs that led to me becoming an assistant at Paramount Pictures. So worked for Dee Dee Gardner, who's gone on to greatness in the film business. Um, and she kicked my ass and was a great mentor. Uh, and then I got like exec jobs. I would work for Doug Wick and his wife, Lucy Fisher at Red Wagon Productions. We had a deal at Sony yeah. Pictures. Yeah. Hey, that's for um, Yeah, that's for yeah. And, nice. uh, and then from there went to a company where I did a kind of a long run for this guy, Richard Barton Lewis. Was starting a company for uh, Jeff Skull before Jeff Jeff Skull founded eBay. Yeah. He later founded Participant Pictures. Before Participant, we sort of convinced him to put some money into film and started a company called Ovation. It's tight. Um, it's sort of like a Rain Man reunion. Yeah, we did a little movie on. called August Rush. That mm. Warner Brothers put yeah. out a family film, very um, earnest, well received by yep. people who had been adopted in life. Oh. Um, it was sweet, but uh, but that was like. A long way of saying I did that for way too long. Um, yeah. I just never quite found the right mentor working for other people. People with big egos yeah. decided that I needed to work for myself. Nice. Yeah. And uh, eventually ventured off as a manager where I would no longer have a boss, but my clients could be my boss and mm. I could work. I love how you work. You know, kind that. of like beautiful. Kind of like doing the same kind, talk. same yeah. kind of work, but. <laughs> But uh, from a, like a different angle, where I could actually build a business and build and build careers and and help people make their dreams come true. Love wow. it. Now tell tell us this story because have you ever had any moments along this very long and detailed journey of which it seems we've missed <laughs> no moments in in retelling to us? Did you have ever had any like just rock bottom moments in the business where you said I I can't I can't go on I I I I'd rather do anything else because as creatives we have so many of those rock bottom moments but it is interesting to know as sort of like on the other side do you have the same feelings? Never. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> no, the bottom line is like you just you, you, we all do in our industry like mm -hmm. there's those moments where we, where you're like why am i doing this but you go i'm not prepared for anything else yeah i can't do anything else because there's just nothing else you can pivot to like yeah. people get their real estate license i mean all of that is is not of interest to me so i just dug down i was like i gotta make this work found this new angle pretty quickly the management thing just kind of started to work took off found great people and here we are how long have you been managing for? I've been managing almost 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And Love about five, five of those have been at the cartel. Yeah. Um, Which now is a known company. Like, <laughs> like as, as a, as an upcoming writer, like, cause there's most of the people that listen to this are like upcoming writers and they are hungry. Sure. And, you know, there are probably like five management companies that people really get excited about. Y'all are one of them. So nice. I, I give you a salute for that. Yeah. When I started working at Cartel, I would tell people it was an up and coming, smaller to mid-sized management company. But now when I look at the landscape, mm -hmm. we're a mid to large right. sized, mm -hmm. one of the biggest management companies for literary in the industry. So, and yeah. that's a result of a lot of expansion, but it's been really fun. Audrey. Hello. It, 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 it is fair to say that you're a younger agent. Yes. A no, younger no, manager. A, a, a younger Who's manager. They were? No. <laughs> I need to be very clear no, about this. I've been struggling with um, with words today, which is absolutely perfect considering what we're doing today. Um, our last guest, I, 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 com I, compl I couldn't even say the title of her most well known work. I saved it though. You did. I mean, thank Number God. That's two. why. We, that's why there's two of us. Scotty you know what I mean? Pippen. Always coming through. Michael Jordan is Scotty right. Pippen. That's right. So, no, no disrespect uh, to Corey. Audrey is what, what we will call a, a younger manager. Okay. So I'm not going to say it, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Audrey, tell us about your journey. Like, how how did you come to become? How did you come to become a manager? What's wrong with me today? 
How did you become a, a manager? Yeah. Thank you, Saeed, yes. for that Thank question. You. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much the opposite of Corey. I was born in the San Francisco Bay Area. <gasps> He's from the Bay Area. East Bay. Where are you Keep from? Going. I'm from Walnut Creek. I'm f- oh, I'm from Berkeley. So oh, nice. Berkeley, okay. Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Berkeley's cool. Yeah. Oh, now your time in a record store is so much more interesting. I was at Rasputin's. Okay. Yeah. Like the record store. The record not just store. a record store. No, I was in okay. Like I was familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. No, she's from the from the being from the big we had a store in like Concord. Oh, it was okay. a big it was a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know I can picture it. It was right across the street from my orthodontist. But Yeah, it was. Beautiful teeth. 100%. Thank you. Beautiful Thank you. I spent ter- <laughs> 10 terrible years there. Wow. But so I went to college at Chapman University where I studied screenwriting with the objective of writing movies. And when I was there, all of my screenwriting professors were super jaded about the entire process and industry and hammered into our heads. If you want to be a writer, you don't want to write movies. They'll just take your script and give it to someone else. It'll get rewritten 15 times and Mm. then they'll bastardize it. If you want to be a writer, write for TV, because then you have the creative control. You can be the showrunner. You're the person who's in charge of the vision. So they basically convinced all of us to not make the same mistakes as they did and get into TV. So when I was in college, I took a bunch of internships. I was working at production companies, doing coverage. I had an internship on uh, CSI, so I was in the writer's room there. Oh, my God. Classic. It was it was really fun. All of the writers were fantastic. I really enjoyed working there, but it was on season 12, so I didn't find it to be that creatively interesting to be around like set and the story designing process and all of that. So off of that semester, I ended up getting an internship on season 7 of The Millionaire Matchmaker. <gasps> Oh my God. Oh my God. That show hits. I pivoted so hard out of writing. Wait, you know what? Season three. I wonder if my, I wonder if my friend, uh, was, was, um, was producing on season seven of Millionaire Matchmaker. I feel like he was was. Michael Hireman. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that name. It's possible he was, but I don't, I don't Um, think so. Yes. Patty was actually just at my best friend's wedding that I officiated. I miss her. Yeah. Well, you know, you may have noticed that she found love. She posted on Instagram. Oh, I don't think I'm following her on Instagram. You I need, need to, to you fix, need that. To fix that. You officiated a wedding? You didn't know that? But what, officiated? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, what, amazing. What, I mean, what do, you, what do you think I, what do you think it was? I didn't know. If not an officiation. I didn't know weddings get officiated. Who do you I'm think the does loop. the thing? Does I'm out the Speak loop. now and forever hold Obviously, your... Obviously, I'm not married, so I'm out the loop. Yeah. But you've, you've seen, seen a wedding. You've seen movies. Yeah, I've seen movies. Is that the guy that's standing in the middle that gives the that's vows? That's the guy in yeah. the middle. Yeah. Okay. In the case, guy in the middle. In this case, the woman in it's the middle. It's me. I'm the guy in the You're middle. You're the woman in the middle. I'm okay. the guy right. in the middle. All right. I got it. But you know what's crazy is that it was like, so they wanted to do um, a Hindu ceremony. But uh-huh. it's like, because we're in Los Angeles, the Hindu priest was a white guy mm. with like blue eyes who looked like he nice. came straight off of like the golf course. No, no offense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and he was, he was such a, he was such a character. And nice. his like he did not like that I was coming in at the end to do like the actual officiation. He felt like I was stealing his thunder, mm. and he was just like he goes, "Well, you know, the polite thing to do when there's uh, two officiants is that you bring me back on stage and we pronounce them husband and wife together." And I was like, "Well, I literally had a set of instructions, and it was like this is what you're supposed to do." I said, "I'm following the direction of." of the couple who's mm-hmm. getting married today and this is what their instructions say and he was like he w- he was not nice it sounds like He's you made a real enemy in the really Hindu did. community I really did another day another enemy that's what I always say it's a new pilot another day another enemy it's yeah, actually one we're working on together. I actually love that um, we'll so, talk later S- Sony's actually like gone absolutely like head over heels for it yeah, yeah. based on the pilot alone right. the title alone With I'm gonna seven. stop talking please continue why don't you ask Audrey about her um, path okay so alright you, you did that and then uh, what was next oh Millionaire Matchmaker you yes. worked seven. on Millionaire Matchmaker so I graduated wait, wait, what's the most degrading thing you saw happen to a woman on that show I actually loved this story. The showrunner of Millionaire Matchmaker was in charge of going through and checking all of the contestants' dresses to make sure that they weren't too slutty. So she went down the line, you're okay, you're okay, you need to change your dress, you're okay if you just pull it up a little bit, that one's fine, you're fine, you need to change. And she turns around to go back upstairs and goes, 
I have a master's degree and just walks away from me. <laughs> oh my God. So everyone was suffering on the show. All of us, truly. Oh my God. I was, when I first moved to LA, I was so obsessed with the millionaire matchmaker. I really, I wanted to be a professional matchmaker. What am I, why did I move to Los Angeles? Why don't you, ask. you would have been great. I, I was desperate to like also be a matchmaker. I don't know why I'm not even a little bit Jewish. I know it's shocking. Um, <laughs> So on literally on like Craigslist or something, the millionaire matchmaker was like, come and like, you know, work, work for us. You know what I mean? And it was when it was like the two Satanists were working on the show. Yes. That was before my time, but okay, I remember yeah. the earlier season. Yes. Yeah. It was like the she two had Satanists. her assistant. Yes, exactly. And so it's like, I went and I met with them at like a um, coffee bean in Burbank and they were like, this is what we want you to do. We want you to find men to be on the show. And I said, let me get this straight. I am fresh off uh, the bus from <laughs> from New York City. I am literally nobody. I couldn't be less important. I'm living in a sublet in uh, West Hollywood on Fountain Avenue. <laughs> I don't live there anymore. Don't get excited. <laughs> They're all going to go there, wait yeah, for you. Yeah, you want home. me to yeah. find the millionaires <laughs> for the millionaire matchmaker. They were like, yes, you could do it. And and I, I think would, you could have. I literally, <laughs> I took the job so seriously. It wasn't a real job, by the way. I got paid zero dollars. I took it so seriously. I would, go, I would be like... With like my notepad, I would, and I'd go to like Boa Steakhouse <laughs> and like I'd go up to guys and I'd be like, excuse me, sir, are you single? And he'd be like, yeah, I am. And I was like, wonderful. Have you heard of a show called The Millionaire Matchmaker? And he'd be like, casting already reached out to me. <laughs> Every single one. I would go to a yoga class at Equinox. Like afterwards, I would like go up to some, you know, a gentleman, if you will. And I'd say, Hi, how do you do? Are you single? And the guy'd be like, Yeah, you know. And then again, it would be like, Casting's already reached out to me. Like, I'm actually already on their list. Like, it, it it's was, hard. They exhausted was, their list. That's why they pulled you in the ringer. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it's from Craigslist. Work. From Craigslist. Anyways, you I'm know so they're sorry. desperate when. Still close to glory. Yeah. Okay, go on, Audrey. You're working so, on the millionaire matchmaker. So I'm working on the millionaire matchmaker. My job as the intern was to figure out what alcohol the millionaires liked and then get it for them and make sure that they were drinking so that they would act ridiculous on TV. So, so was there like a certain amount you were supposed to encourage them to drink? Just as much as possible. <laughs> Until one of the producers said stop. No, there, it wasn't that specific, but it was to be able to bring them anything that they needed so that it was as seamless of a process. And so I did that for a semester. I loved it. Everything was so much more exciting than scripted TV. There's four different cameras going at the same time. You don't know what people are going to do. There's constant figurative fires to be putting out, or people will come on the show and have restrictions or personalities that you have to then work around. And you're planning all of these episodes to be shot in a week. So wow. I just found it to be so much more exciting. And so I graduated a semester early because the screenwriting major degree at, at Chapman was pretty light in terms of the actual classes that you needed to take. Mm -hmm. So it was yeah. really easy to It sounded like they were generally like, just don't do this. Go find something else. <laughs> they to were do. like, yeah, write your script yeah. and make sure you stick to TV. Yeah. And so I graduated a semester early and went to work for a reality production company and found that to be not as fun because I was in the office Can you tell doing us casting. Which one? I can tell you some of the shows that yes, they did. Perfect. Perfect, Audrey. Wonderful. <laughs> so I worked for the production company that did Are You the One and for season three for oh, MTV and oh, Dating wonderful. Naked for season two. Dating Naked. They also did a show called Labor Games, which they sold. It was pitched as Cash Cab in the Delivery Room. No. So the no. premise of the show, yes, no. the premise of the show was the woman would be going into labor in the hospital and then the host would burst into the room and ask her <laughs> trivia questions no. so she could win prize. It's available on Hulu. You oh can look it up. It went, it went to the screen. They shot it. Yeah. It went on the television. They the aired all the episodes in one day on. I, I forget, like Discovery ID or Oxygen but like or something. Who, who would sign the, the, the woman in labor up for the show? Was it like her OBGYN? Or? It's kind of like actual cash cab in which they knew what they were getting into, but the show shot it as if it were a surprise. But oh. what we did was cast women who were all going to be giving birth in the same time span, span yeah. at the same hospital. But then you just had to have your skeleton crew wait until... The time was right, and they had to, whatever time of day or night it was, get down as quickly as possible. Because you do <laughs> want to do it in the early stages right. to the yeah. set and shoot everything. So Crazy. 
that was my first job, first real job <laughs> in the industry. <laughs> the, my and you're first, still here. And I'm okay. still here. Yeah. My first ever paycheck was to Audrey Knox from Dating Naked. And I took a picture of it. <gasps> Had to. And I sent it to my family. And my mom immediately calls me. And she's like, what are you doing? Yes. Where are you? Are mm-hmm. you naked? Mm-hmm. And I was I was not around naked people. I was just in the production office. It wasn't that you big of a like deal. You weren't casting now. for that show? No. Okay. No. I was the receptionist. So I was getting the calls from people and then forwarding them along to the actual casting producers. Okay, got it. So I did that for a year and then realized I needed to get back into... The original reason I had gone to college in the first place was scripted TV, working with writers, getting into actual more stories and narratives. Plus, at my job, everyone who worked there, they just talked about scripted TV when we came into the office all day. We were working in unscripted, but everyone loved scripted. They could tell it's where they all wanted to be and where I wanted to be. And in reality you get promoted so quickly and you start making so much money so quickly that you have to really move out of it fast or Mm -hmm. you'll get trapped. Yeah. And a lot of people do love it, but a lot of people I think are trapped and convince themselves to love it. So I moved to cartel, started working as the receptionist there and a few months in, was promoted to CEO's assistant. And I'm gonna say promoted to CEO. Promoted to CEO. I was like, shit. I was, was really, fast. I was really good. But I fast. fully believed it. I fully believed it. I was, I was gonna be like, that's fast. And I've been CEO ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hired Corey. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh my god. Well exactly. done. Good job, Audrey. <laughs> so I was yeah. promoted from CEO's assistant to coordinator in a few years, and then from coordinator to junior manager, and so from junior manager. During the pandemic, actually, while working from home, finally officially promoted to manager. So yes. that's where I am. Congratulations. Now, oh, yeah. It's been really fun. And it was something that was difficult to explain to my family and people outside and sort of below my level in the industry is you don't really get promoted. You do the job that you want first. Mm-hmm. And then the promotion is them telling you, you don't have to do the other job right. that you had before. Wow, so a lot of it was, I was bringing in my own clients while working as a coordinator while still on our CEO's desk. And right. then I got to be actually viewed as and called a manager, but I still was doing scheduling for one of the partners. And then the real promotion was, being able to only work for myself and work for my clients and not have to juggle multiple roles. So that was quite a relief. And here I am now. That's Love wisdom. It. That's wisdom. That is, that That's is wisdom. very much wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. One question writers always have is like, when should I seek representation? When is the right time? Mm-hmm. Somebody will write one script and then they'll say, I'm ready for a manager. I get those emails right. all the time. <laughs> so in your in your opinion, like when should a writer, when is the right time for a writer to seek out a manager? Well, hopefully they've written multiple scripts. I mean, it's very rare someone just writes one script and they're and they're good to go. Um, I, I, def- I did actually do that. Did you really? You're yeah. you are amazing. You're Michael Jordan. <laughs> And that's but, the reason. Nobody else out there, don't do that. But I won't, I won't sign people out with one script. I've done right. it once, and it ended yeah. up being a good decision. Yeah. But um, but mostly I will request at least two scripts. And I think you have to write a, a number of scripts and then throw them away, and then you get to the one that's actually shareable. Um, and you also need to write multiple scripts to know what you want, what kind of writing you want to do and what your kind of lane is. Um, because it's uh, important in the very beginning that you kind of pick a genre, either drama or comedy, um, at least either drama or comedy. Then within each of those, there's different sort of um, subsets. But um, I like to know that a, that a potential client has two or three scripts that sort of tell a story about who they are as a writer and are consistent. Yeah. Um, so at that point, if they feel like there's two or three strong things, then they should start to reach out to folks and figure out how to find their their reps yeah which is obviously challenging Man. um but there's a lot of access these days with different contests mm-hmm. and companies offering classes and access to executives and managers that are online that um weren't around when i started out and i right. feel like they're a good way to get started smart okay we're just gonna we're gonna bang through the questions so you're ready all right how many clients do you have uh, I would say 25. 
Audrey? That was my answer. Perfect. 25, 25. Number. Yeah. Wow. It's a good number. Some of the, there's some overlap. How many, yeah, yeah, how many clients do you share? Oh, shit. <laughs> like three? Three, I think. Yeah, yeah three. That sounds right. Okay. But you're the only one that, that matters, Mel. Yeah, Mel, you, you're, you're the number one. Um, um, yeah, do you produce on your clients' projects? I can answer this. Yeah. Uh, um, occasionally, very rarely. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, the different managers have different kind of uh, approaches to this. I mean, when I did start managing, the idea was to build my business to the point where I could be producing. I've produced a few things, but... I tend to prefer managing because I can pair my clients and their projects with great producers and then not have to do what a producer does. But there are some instances where I'm involved from a very early stage, whether it's identifying IP, getting the rights, having the idea, just digging in from the very beginning um, where the client wants me to stay involved as a, as a producer. Um, so it's, it's like 10% of my stuff, I would say not, maybe not even. Mm. Cartel does produce on some writers' projects, but usually, like Corey said, it's because we have our own VP of television who's brought in IP that we've gotten the rights to that's books, articles, anything like that, video games, and we'll find the writer, director, maybe it's a cartel client, maybe not. Maybe they'll put development financing in. Maybe they'll spend money on putting together a treatment. So there, there's actual producing work done right. underneath the company banner and that side of things. And so that's when we are a producer. We're not like certain unnamed management companies that are producers on everything their clients do. Everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I personally don't like that. I do a lot of work that could be viewed as producer right. work, yeah. taking scripts out, like Corey said, finding production companies, finding showrunners or directors. But I just view myself as doing my job as a manager and trying to get the project going so that I can get 10% of it when it sells. Yeah. That's why she's the CEO. And yes, <laughs> correct. What a, like, when, like, can you really, like, it's a thing that writers always wonder is like, can y'all, like, y'all get a ton of scripts. So how many scripts are y'all usually reading? Like, it's a pow. And can you really, right now? well, that too, but, but like, can you really, is it really that obvious when one is like standing out? Like that's something we always wonder. Like, is it pals and pals or what, what is it that you see in a writer that makes you be like, I want to sign this writer? Like, excellent question. Excellent question. I okay, can, okay. You want to, no, please. It sounded please. like you were stalling. I was. <laughs> you want to tell us the number of the pal? No. <laughs> we, we read so much yeah. and it depends on the time of year and it depends on how much new material our clients are giving to us. Yeah. I probably read at least a dozen scripts a week, That's depending a on if it's yeah. a feature, a half hour, or an hour long, just to keep up with what my clients are doing, incoming submissions, right. maybe even pilots that are out there. Would a client be good to staff on this show? That kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe it's for friends that I'm doing a favor for. I, I read so much. Yeah. And when I get a script from a potential client, I know that I want to sign them and it's blowing me, me away when I actually want to keep reading. Yeah. A lot of scripts, I'm like, all right, we'll we'll get through this. It's this time of day where I'm supposed to be Swall. reading the script. Yeah. yeah. We'll get through this somehow. I'm, I'm on page 70. We're only 20 left to go. We're okay. But if I'm reading a script and I have a meeting I have to go do, or I have to take my dog on a walk, or I need lunch, and then I'm excited to get back to the script, and mm. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Or I actually... I don't need to keep reading this, but I want to. Right. One of the tests I used to do when I when we were back in the office before COVID sent everyone home forever was if I was at the office at 7 p.m. on a Friday, did I want to stay 30 more minutes to finish the script that I was reading? And if I did, that was a strong indication that it was actually good. Right. I think for me, a lot of times it's about uh, does, the, does the script stand out and uh, stand aside from the clients I'm already representing. In yeah. other words, I, I don't like clients that kind of cannibalize each other, compete with each other. Makes sense. I like finding clients that kind of fill a need, someone that I haven't got on my list already. It's tight. Um, but I'm not quite reading dozen a week. Any, I feel like I'm reading like 
eight to ten a week, something like that. Still a lot. Yeah. I know. I'm not reading lot. twelve, only ten. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's still <laughs> I mean that's still you do a lot. lot though. You yeah. have to read it's like a lot. every night all the time. Yeah. Every weekend. Um and it is also like Audrey said, because our clients are constantly giving us new stuff to read. You're reading theirs um, as well. As- or multiple drafts of something oh, that God. we've been working on with them. Yeah. There's nothing worse. Um, so now, how do you find new clients or how do new clients come to you? I, I don't know if it's the same for you, Audrey, but like because I was in the business for 10 years before I started managing, like I have a lot of friends who just send me stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you do get a lot of referrals from yeah. other you know, people you've met in the business. And I think honestly, that can also be a big indicator of how seriously you're taking that script. So for like the people just starting out or trying to like find a manager, sometimes it's better to like find a producer who, you know, will make those calls for you into those managers because they're going to just treat it a little bit differently than something they got from like the person at Coverfly or or whatever. Although I just signed someone from Coverfly. Oh, Coverfly. Um, so you yeah. do read Coverfly. No, 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 no. They like they <laughs> they, they reach have, out though. Yeah, they, they reach out. out. They oh, always oh, all okay. of those places have like the one person that's yeah. like industry outreach and when they feel like somebody's like really good and ready to pop, they'll like send them out to a bunch of people. Yeah. And one of those people, um, I liked. Nice. So, yeah. yeah, I'm never on any of the sites that list writers and projects. I never actively go out looking for potential clients. Yeah. Like Corey said, I have so many people mm. either referring writers to me or writers jumping into my inbox with queries or clients maybe at a higher level who are referring people that they've been mentoring that's the best way to get to the top of my plaque you get a lot of clients referring other clients Ouch. and then Mm. you know i think in the beginning i sort of built my list that way Mm -hmm. and signed like four or five people out of like the usc writing program that all went to school the fellowships are great yeah And, and as time has gone on i've realized that when clients send you potential clients they don't always actually want you to sign their friends They really prefer to for you to politely pass on their friends. That's how can just you tell, a theory. How can it's you tell the theory. difference though from between know. one or the other? I don't know. It's just it's just a it's just a feeling. A gut feeling. It has to be yeah. their level for me. Like, like they're trying to do their friend a solid, but like they pref- mm. like so sometimes with those cases, I like to refer those people to the other. Like I might share them with Audrey or somebody else yes. at the cartel. Hey, you shared me like, with Audrey when we first. Well, that's met. a different thing. Is we team some we team on different people. And I think because Audrey does more comedy, I was Mm. like, she should be in your life. And she thought you were great. So it all worked out. Yeah. So it's fine. Why are you making that face? Complaining. (laughs) (laughs) With the CEO on your team. I know. I know. Nobody better. Nobody better. Okay. So what makes you want to sign a writer? Since you, you are just being constantly inundated with scripts and requests and referrals from people who don't even want you to sign the referral. So it is that intangible. I mean, it's, it's, it used to be when I started out all about the words on the page that has evolved to include, that's about like 50% of mm-hmm. what it needs to be. Like I will definitely the writing. I'm pretty particular about just finding a unique voice, finding a sample that I think is going to stand out and not yep. like a good comedy script is very useless. Like it needs to be like really unique and yeah. different and in your face. I think, um, loud, they call yeah, it. Loud. Like yeah. It just has to stand out. Um, but once you've read the script, then it's about the personality. Yeah. And the things I always look for are, um, are we a great personality fit? I mean, it's definitely a little bit like dating in that sense where you're just like, do we work well together? Do we have a personality fit? The same time, um, it's, do I think this person is going to impress the people that we send them out to go and meet? Yep. And so are they like a closer? Like, can, can they kind of, are they good in 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 general and sort of like the life skills that would make you good in any business yeah um because a lot of people go and do like a hundred general meetings and then just nothing comes out of it mm. and then there was those it's a, it's a team effort for that client or for us to do the follow-ups and to kind of make those introductions into actual business opportunities but there are some clients who are actually good at then staying in touch with that executive opening that door creating opportunities um, just cause you've made the introduction, you get, you, you can't really predict in that first couple of meetings if the person's going to be good at it, but you just kind of have an instinct. I do think that's important to emphasize because I did have a client who I sent out on general meetings for a couple of years before he was like, you have to follow up and stay friends with the executives you meet. And I was like, yes, were you not doing that? So if you're going on general meetings, the goal is to be 
transitioning that one meeting into a relationship where you're at least touching base with them about substantial things you talked about, things that made you think of them, potential projects that you'd be good for, thing updates that you have. Do you see them in the trades and reach out to congratulate yeah. any any excuse to stay on an executive's radar and actually befriend them should be the result of a general meeting if you hit it off, not for every general, but at least for a lot of them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the whole reason I got a overall deal is because I met an exec 2 years ago, had a general meeting and just kept in contact over the last 2 years. Like mm-hmm. not bugging, but just being like, "Hey, I got staffed here. Hey, congrats on this. Hey, Merry Christmas." Mm-hmm. And then bye in the next year, you know, and then at some point they'll just be like, Hey, I just thought about you. It's like top of mind. So yeah, I do because think, you've been reaching out. Yeah, I do think like writers sometimes don't understand that. Yes, you do have to write a script, but you do have to show up in the rooms and you do have to like keep networking with these people because as a manager, you can set it up. But it's like they need to build that relationship mm-hmm. with them themselves. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, sure, that's, that's, true. that's big game. So he's yeah. the king of networking. I am a king so of networking. Yeah. yeah, I'm a king of networking. He's, I'm trying to l- learn by his example. Well, I feel like when we met, you put me through the, my paces. Like I feel like we had a long courtship. I feel like it was at least three months from when you first received one of my scripts to you saying, you know what, Melanie? We, the CEO of the cartel and I would like to sign you. Now, was it really three months? I don't know. It really was. That's actually pretty normal. From when she gets sinned? No. It really was like three months. And it, and it wasn't just like, oh, it's three months has passed. It was like three months where it's like, they're like, do well, you have something else we could read? Well, why don't you send us another script? We were very on the so. fence about you. That's the whole thing. We really yeah. weren't sure. Um, I was, no. this was the first time we I had an experience. From day one. Really? We, well, we, because the, uh, I mean, yeah. not to sound like a total slut, but I have had a few <laughs> other sets of reps. And I mean, did all of those relationships? end in flames absolutely but i feel like, really good about this yeah, 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 yeah. this is the one this is michael like, jordan with the boy <laughs> not with the wizards yeah. no but it was like the first time it was like yeah i had written one script ever in my life it was a play and these managers were like like of course we want to sign you go to fox today and i was like wait what i don't know how to drive and then it was like <laughs> the second time i got a manager I, I know she had never read any of my scripts. Excellent. Um, I, I'm also convinced that a lot of literary reps don't read scripts. Um, my last reps, that was a whole other story. One of them I know had never read one of my scripts. The other one did. But you, you know what I mean? It was just, there was never any sort of like vetting process. I'm not saying that was good. Those were bad reps. Those were, <laughs> yeah, those were bad There's a reps. lot of reps out yeah. there with different management <laughs> right. styles yeah. and they're not all good. Right. You do want the process to feel mutual when yeah. you're meeting potential agents or managers, they are vetting you, but you should also be vetting them and you don't like dating. You don't want to just jump into a relationship with the first person who expresses interest and for, I did that like three times. That's that's why it wasn't right. Okay. But now you know. <laughs> and for us, we also want to make sure that when we sign someone, it's with a long-term intention. And we're working with these writers in, in the hopes of them one day becoming a showrunner and selling multiple shows and having an overall deal. So we yeah. want to be very careful about who we bring on because we don't want it to just be an easy signing relationship that then falls by the wayside in a couple of years because we lost interest. We are really intentional about the people we bring in. So why did you want to sign me? I was going to say, I want to dissect the three months of it all. Yeah, yeah, break it down. I think it it speaks to what I said about one script versus multiple scripts, right? So I think that the first script we was the first submission I got from our mutual friend was one script, right? So that was like, okay, I'll meet this person, but I can't sign them off with one script. I have Mm -hmm. to read more thing. So the first thing was send more things. Then it was, this would be great to have a partner who at the cartel is the right person, personality fit, as well as kind of genre. Introduce you to Audrey. Then I had to read the script. And then I had to meet you. Mm -hmm. So that would have been the third meeting was with Audrey. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we signed you right after that. And so then we had months, to have we... a call that was, we want to sign you. Do you want to 
come with us. Yeah. But we also don't want to do it too quickly because like dating, you got to play it yeah. a little cool. We can't just immediately be like, <laughs> yes, we're in. We got to <laughs> wait a couple days, make them sweat it out, and then go in with the offer. Well, I felt like I really had to work for it. You know what I that's, mean? I, I mean, really felt that's I had to what work we were for going it. for. That's, yeah, we really wanted to put you through the paces. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you value it more. It's true. Right. It's true. It's like, it's like I mean, you're a man. So <laughs> I am a man, yeah. I've been told mm-hmm. if you're you're a man, you're out there, you might be single as, as one is. Yeah. And that if like, you're a heterosexual, you yes. like ladies. Here we go. That it's like... <laughs> The way that you feel about a lady who maybe just puts gives it all up straight away, mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who sort of makes you work for it, yes. that there's a different appreciation. Definitely. For, the, the, for yeah. what you're receiving. And yeah. I won't say what. If you eat pizza every day, <laughs> yeah. you're going to get tired of pizza. Yeah. I agree. And mm-hmm. I also feel like one thing writers sometimes, like sometimes writers will be like, um, I emailed the manager the um the script and uh it, it's five days they haven't responded. I'm like, dude, like relax, bro. Like, so mm-hmm. l- let me ask you two, like once somebody sends you a script, like how how long should a writer wait b- before it's like a soft pass mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? It's a really good question, and I think you gotta also remember that we're sometimes the ones sending out scripts and waiting for responses. So it sort of goes both ways. Go. We feel your pain, um, we do. Okay. Um, writers you but but uh, I will say that I almost always will accept some like say I'm happy to read your script. Mm-hmm. Please be patient with me. I'm a little yeah. behind on my reading. Yeah, always. Um, so I try to preface it like, hey, I'm going to need at least a couple weeks. I usually try to get back to people within two or three weeks. It's never going to yeah. be five days. So if you get a if you get an email that's like, hey, do you read my script yet? Red flag. Yeah. Like, mm. do not hit. Do people hit send scripts like send emails like that? Yes. Oh yes. Sure. Yes. yes. I hear no, it. Yeah. Yes, no. Sure I feel like two to three weeks is fast, actually. And yeah, I, I would never more, read something in two to three yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm a little more laid back. I kind of coined this 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 uh, schedule for it when I send out scripts, which is I give people three weeks. I hit them up at week three. I give them a I give them a total of nine weeks, which is three tries. Makes sense. Every three weeks, at the end of the third, I'm like, all right. I think it also depends on the length of the script that you're sending. If you send me a half hour comedy pilot, I'm more likely to get to it within the month than if you send me your 120 page drama feature, in which case it might take me a couple months to get to. Do you receive unsolicited scripts? We get a lot of queries in our email. Um, I will say yes to reading something, I believe, like twice a year. And it comes down to the log line. Uh, it comes down to that, like, whatever that short and sweet little email yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. actually feels like a good concept. Maybe there's something in a little writer's bio that feels yeah. like, okay, their background is interesting. Um, no typos, please, in the email. Man. And also, we shouldn't have to scroll through the email. That's, <laughs> I automatically That's archive right. queries that are longer than the window box of the oh, Outlook. Some people think it's a good idea to be like, these are the 10 scripts I've written. No. Here's 10 log lines. And no. you're like, just no. Yeah. We did talk a little bit about how many scripts minimum it's good for you to have when you're looking for management. And mm-hmm. Corey mentioned two to three, which I agree with. I think... No more than five. If a writer comes to me and says, oh, I have 20 scripts that I've (laughs) written. Oh, it's happened. (laughs) There's no way all 20 of them are good. Pick your favorite three. We'll just go with that. Yeah. I see that on Twitter all the time where like writers are like, uh, you know, they're writing like one script a week. And I'm like, bro, you're not spending enough time. Like the script that like got me traction i spent like three years working on that like you know what i'm saying like getting it right doing notes and then that's yeah. the one that ends up getting you staffed and getting yes. you like it if you make one really really good piece of writing you can use that for a while yes yeah that's yeah. true and yeah. the same thing goes for notes with me it's a real red flag if i take the time to give notes back to a writer and yeah. they email me three days later and they're like I've thought about all of your notes. I've incorporated them into my script. <laughs> no, no. In oh, it days. happens. No. Yes. No. No, no you it didn't. I know with, you didn't. Even with clients sometimes. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a red flag. Um, oh, sh- we're so close to the end. Almost, but I, I do have one yeah, more question. Yeah, yes. Get, it, get in here. We, we have so many questions left. I do, have, I do have a couple other questions. One, what makes a good client writer and how much should they be producing 
if they're a feature writer and a TV writer. Yes, and can I just tack on to that question? And can I just say, when once you sign a writer, what can they do for you to like best be able to do your Make job? Make your job easier. Yeah. Interesting. Um, look, that, there's a lot of questions there. Uh, I would say, uh, wait, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> once, uh, once we sign someone, we want them to be looking at the partnership as a team. At least I do. I'm going to put a lot of work into getting scripts out, trying to put the writer up for staffing opportunities or take their projects out for development. We want them acing those meetings like we talked about earlier, but also setting up their own opportunities, networking on their own when they get a chance, teeing up their own uh, potential jobs and keeping us in the loop about all of this, of course, so that we can be supporting them, helping them. If they know a showrunner that they reach out to about a job, we can contact the studio and the producers. We really want this to be something that we're doing together. I also really love a great attitude. If right. I'm working with a writer and they're gracious and excited and fun to talk to every time they call me, I'm excited to pick up the phone and happy to interact with them. That's going to go a long way in my enthusiasm for do doing think, work for them. Do you think I'm fun to talk to? No, that's why I'm here doing a podcast right. with you on a Friday evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many, how many productivity wise? Yeah, like, yeah, you were mentioning yeah. between features and TV. I mean, I think, I think two piece, two, two new pieces of material a year is like the right pace that's in dark. my mind. Mm -hmm. I think that's for TV or features. I, I don't know that it's necessarily different. Right. Um, if someone gives me, if someone's really just doing features and they're just doing one new feature a year, I can, I can work with that. But anything more than that, if it's like a new script every month or two or every three months, it's it's really too much. Um, it's kind of off of what Audrey said about like when you sign someone and they have like five or or sometimes twenty five <laughs> scripts. That's that's like a red flag because you you just don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. And there's only so many people we can send scripts to. When right. I send a script to an executive, I can't then a month later follow up and say, hey, I know you haven't read this one, but can you read this one? Yeah. And if we're taking out a client script, we're sending it to a number of producers and or executives. And sure, they can write a different script that maybe targets a different type of producer or executive. We can only do that so many times before we have officially papered the town, so to speak, and yeah. we've run out of options and need to wait until they're freed up again. And a couple of thoughts on what the clients can be doing. I mean, I do think for me, it's more of a consistency in the material. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I think if the client has a comedy feature and a horror one hour and a, and you know, a half hour drama, whatever, it can't be too spread thin all, all over the place in the right. beginning. You want to really break in one special specialty, one kind of area. I think as you become established and you get work under your belt, you can branch out and do different kinds of genres. Um, uh, and then the other thought I just had with respect to the meetings that you're going on, like, I think it is about that networking that we talked about, but like clients that keep an actual record of like every meeting, Man, what, they, Google what, Doc. They, what they talked about in that room, you know, the couple of titles that that exec mentioned, um, you, do they have a daughter, a son, that's great. are yeah, they playing That's something? actually really yeah, helpful. Like, that, that's something I should do after my yeah, lunch nah. meetings too. I love a but, client that comes back with what the company's mandate is after they met with fire. them so yeah. that I can then have helpful information for the future. Yeah. And clients that, look, clients that work in the industry is, is, is also obviously really helpful. So if someone's like, Hey, I'm really brand new, but I'm willing to be like an assistant to a executive producer or whatever yeah. and get in on those kind of uh, support jobs. That's a really helpful thing uh, in sort of launching people from the ground up. Love it. I'm going to ask two really quick questions and then you can go on with your evening, Audrey. Thank you. <laughs> Have you ever dropped a client? I've dropped a client. I've been dropped by clients. It's a part of the process. It happens. Usually it's because one, it's usually both. You usually can tell when it's going to happen, like any breakup, and it's usually for the best. What do you think is the best way to end the relationship on the client side and then also on for the- For both sides, side? I think a quick phone call, mm -hmm. just don't, I, I have been emailed before, I'm not going to lie, that doesn't feel great, but if okay. you really want to, I guess you can. Yeah. A quick phone call, hey, I don't think this is working, I'm gonna find new management. 
That's all. You don't need to set a time for the phone call or meet in person or give any reasons, really, unless you want to. But I think it's nice to have the personal conversation. It's interesting because I've dropped a couple of people too, um, but there are those clients that have never made money that I'll keep forever. And mm-hmm. so I think it's about how kind of demanding and needy and uh, taxing a client is who has never made you any money. Right. Like at the end of the day, uh, at a certain point, you just run out of steam if it's if it's just not paying out. And sometimes I think it's just about the combination of the rep and the writer. Just it's like a it's it's just got a vibe, and it's and, and sometimes you know. If it's going to work and sometimes it just doesn't work, it's just not a good combo. Used to be, I would think that those conversations should happen in person, right. like have a mm. drink or a lunch with the person. Oh God. In these days, these, these le- things have changed recently in the in-person meetings. Um, so I guess it is a phone call. Um, I think a phone yeah. call is easiest. It's easiest to psych yourself up for a phone call too. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have as much buildup. You just do it. Ideally on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> So they have the weekend. I love wow. it. Okay. So much know? game. I think, uh, <laughs> I think definitely writers, this is going to be one of our most popular episodes because mm-hmm. writers all, that's the number one question is like, how do I get a rep? Mm-hmm. And I feel it. Cause when I came out of school, it was like, I need to get a rep ASAP and it is needed. You know what I'm saying? I so. will say that I get that question all the time too. Of course, yeah. I'm used to answering it. And I think it's important to emphasize that having a rep is a tool or a person on your team Mm -hmm. who's going to help you expand and take your career to the next level. But having a rep doesn't mean that you've made it. It doesn't signify anything about you or your talent or your chances of success. And it doesn't mean that now your dreams are imminently going to come true. We don't have that kind of power. We are trying to find the people that we think it's going to happen for that we can help. We're not actually gatekeepers that can then elevate you. So once you get a rep, the work really starts. It's not the end game, nor should it be. You should be doing other work outside of trying to find an agent or manager. Amazing. I mean, I can't, I Preach. can't, I can't think of a, a better Tabernacle. note to, to, to close on. Just countless gems of, of wisdom from the CEO and also the manager at the cartel. <laughs> Audrey, Corey, thank you so much yes, for doing thank, two thank writers talking shit. I have a feeling you're going to be repeat guests. I have a, I'm going to have a, I have yeah. a feeling that people are going to want to hear more. Round two. Round I know two. I'm going to get more. Twitter questions. More Twitter questions. Happy to come back. Ever since I've left Twitter, my life has gotten better. (laughs) But also, I miss the questions. We'll be your Twitter feed. Please be my my conduit. We'll bring Twitter to you, Andre. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good stuff, you guys. Bye. Bye. Two Writers Talking Shit is an original podcast created by Melanie Mars and Saeed Crumpler. Our producer is Kayla Guest. Our audio engineer is T. Kelly. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you damn well please. All we ask is that you subscribe, rate us five stars, and give us a glowing review. If you're not going to give us five stars or any glowing reviews, then why even log on? Save your rants for an open mic. If you have any questions for us, and I do mean any, you can email us at twowriterstalkingshit at gmail.com. That's the number two, and then writerstalkingshit at gmail.com. See you next episode. Bye.